Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. Hello, this is Jeremy Loya back with another recording uh, reflecting on consciousness, spirituality, nature of reality, all that fun stuff, what all this stuff really is, what, why it matters. And um, did I just come up with a new intro song to my podcast, if you can even call this a podcast? I think I did. Cool. So um, last time, <clears throat> talked about some pretty interesting things, somewhat shocking things, that uh, basically your whole reality is uh, a dream. Or another way of saying that would be it's the same fundamental principles operates by a lot of the same fundamental principles as a dream, as your dream state. Um, some of the shocking implications of that are that nothing exists when you're not looking at it. So, for example, if you're looking at a tree, then you turn around, the tree doesn't exist anymore. You assume it still is, is still in existence when you're not looking at it, but you really don't know that. Then, of course, you turn around and it's still there. You're like, look, see, it's still, it's still still there but you can't really actually prove that the tree is still existing when you're not looking at it and in, in fact it isn't and uh, quantum physics also backs that up <laughs> um, as well as um, a lot of other spiritual traditions as well as but most importantly it doesn't matter what any of these other traditions or science says it, it matters what if you um, can directly perceive that I remember having a very interesting experience about this <laughs> when I uh, I took a shit one time. <laughs> I pooped, and then um, and I, I turned around and I saw the poop in the toilet. And it occurred to me that there wasn't actually poop in the toilet until I turned around and looked at it. So there was just all there was was sensations. It felt like that there were sensations in my field of awareness, which were mentally positioned as in my butt. And then I turned around and created poop in a toilet. Like, that's kind of what we're talking about here, how ridiculous this is. Um, so that's one implication, that nothing exists unless you're experiencing it at the moment. Um, another way of saying that is that whatever you're experiencing the moment, so for example, right now, I am looking at a tree. Um, but what's a tree, right? It's just basically a brown <laughs> textured image on the screen of consciousness. Um, and then there are sounds. Um, and of course, attention can only be with one of these elements at a time, um, sound, visual, etc. Um, so basically whatever attention is aware of at this exact moment is in fact the only thing that exists and everything else is just a concept, right? So when I turn around, I don't see this tree anymore. The tree is now just a concept in my head. It doesn't actually have physical existence. And in fact, nothing has physical existence because it's all a projection of the mind um, <clears throat> or it doesn't have an independent reality. Now you might say, okay, this is not a big deal. Who cares if this tree really exists or not? But the problem is that, <laughs> it's not really a problem, but uh, the more shocking part is that it, it really applies to everything in your reality. So that means all your friends, all your family, your loved ones, even you yourself, your own, your own um, body and mind. It, it pretty much applies to all those things. I, that none of them have <clears throat> their own independent existence that you can verify. Um, it's basically a very subjective approach to reality. Reality, uh, the truth of reality is radically subjective. Um, 
So it, it can be quite shocking to start to realize that, uh, yeah, all the people in your life don't necessarily exist unless you're experiencing them. Um, so that's another realization we talked about. We also talked about how um, nobody, uh, that you've never gone anywhere. <laughs> you, you haven't moved since you were born. In fact, you weren't even born, but that's another dis discussion. But you've, uh, you've, you haven't gone anywhere. All that you know is that the, the scenery has changed and you see, you know, it's kind of like um, you can be sitting in a train standing still, but the train on the other track is going by you and it looks like you're moving. But really, it's not. You're not. Um, similarly, you haven't really moved. You're just this. You're just. You've just seen uh, the motion, basically, in the visual forms that have appeared on your screen. But you never left the movie theater. <laughs> you're still in the movie theater. Um, so, um, yeah. It's similarly with events. Um, so nothing ever really happened, right? It all. It all um, just kind of came on the screen of consciousness and and left but um just like in a dream things happen in your dream but did they really happen well no <laughs> not really um, yes the, there was an ex like there's an experience of it um, but as soon as the experience goes away it's just a memory at that point so it doesn't have an existence anymore if there's just a, a memory that perhaps you can access um so those are just uh, a few of the, the implications um, that we talked about about um, that that can be kind of immediately shocking with the whole this whole uh, different paradigm of viewing reality as a dream. But of course, there's also many empowering aspects of it. Um, not that those other ones aren't empowering either. It's all just kind of the perspective that you're seeing them as, and uh, seeing it from the perspective of the ego, um, which is identification with the mind and the thoughts, that can actually be quite scary, if not the most scary thing that one can experience. Because again, it feels like, oh my God, I exist, but nothing else does. Um, it's all an illusion. I'm here floating in the middle of a vast abyss and nothing exists except for me. I'm so lonely and I'm so fearful and it's just pure terror. It's, it's horrible. I've had experiences of that. It's just, it's really horrible. But um, when the ego falls away with that, that is essentially identification with the thoughts, there's nothing to be lonely. There's nothing to be afraid um, because you realize that you're the whole thing. You know, you're, you're not just this little mind. You're, you're actually everything you see in your visual field. So you are that tree in the same way that in a dream, when you see a tree, you're the tree, you know? Um, so it's kind of like another way to put this would be that like there's one there's one fundamental consciousness, one fundamental awareness that is um, that basically partitions itself and experiences itself in uh, infinite different ways. Um, so, yeah, and it's funny uh, <laughs> reflection about these recordings themselves. Um, one might ask, okay, Jeremy, why are you even making these recordings if this is all just a dream and there's nobody really even to listen to this. Um, but there's many different reasons around that. Um, but the, the question would more be coming from your perspective, because from your perspective, there wouldn't be a Jeremy who sits around all day making these recordings, walking around a park, 
uh, <laughs> it would just be, I would be a symbol within your dream. So you want to always view things from the first person perspective. Uh, kind of like you're playing, um, if you've ever played Call of Duty or Halo or um, 007 for N64, great game. Um, you always want to, like you're always in this first person perspective and you see, you know, these arms <laughs> that are walking around, but you, you're, you're always viewing life that way. So similarly, that's kind of the approach that you have to take in this process because you can only really ever see things from your own viewpoint. Um, and that being said, I don't want to ever come across that like, I, I said this before, but I figured it out and I have all the answers. I'm still very much experiencing this and deepening into certain realizations, integrating a lot of this. So um, I, I even had a lot of hesitations about sharing um, what I've learned so far because it still feels very incomplete for me and there's still holes and things that have uh, come up. So, um, but I felt continually uh, kind of guided towards sharing anyway. So, um, but just keep that in mind that, um, you know, there's, there's still, <laughs> there's yet deeper. There's always yet deeper, in fact. Uh, reality can be thought of as an infinite fractal, infinite singularity that goes infinite in all directions, <laughs> infinite in, in, in infinite directions. So there's never an end um, to it. You know, there's always more deeper and deeper you can go until you become the infinity itself, or whatever you want to call it. Um, so... What else did I want to say about that? Okay, so we, we kind of talked about how the nature of reality is much more like a dream than it is like a physical universe. And that uh, pretty much everything that you've ever believed isn't ultimately true. There could be certain relative truths that you experience based off your experience and your reality, right? Like let's say you drop a rock, hits the floor. That seems to be true, um, but it's not ultimately true in the same way that a uh, metaphor would be if you dropped a rock outside outer space, it wouldn't fall to the floor. So is the fact that rocks always drop to the floor, is that an ultimate truth? No, it's just an, a truth based off of your particular experience of reality. There could be a different experience of reality. If you didn't believe that the rock hit the floor, um, you could drop the rock and it could fly to the sky. Kind of like we said before. So similarly, no belief is inherently true. Beliefs are basically gathered in order to have a certain type of experience. So ultimately, you're not a person living in a world, um, but you've sort of been programmed to believe that you are, and it's not like some evil alien that's like programming you to think that you're just this little human mind and body. It's done uh, very purposefully with a very particular design, and it's not, there's nothing evil about it. It, it all comes from love um, and truth, and um, that's sort of the really the fuel that vibe that that pr propagates this entire uh, reality and creation that we experience so that's always a comforting thought I, I found um, as I go through the process that if I ever start thinking something or believing something that feels shitty or feels negative just trust that I don't really understand it because it's not possible <laughs> the truth is always feels light it always feels empowering it always feels freeing it can be shocking, don't get me wrong, it can be very, very shocking, but ultimately it's always liberating. So unless, um, so if at any point you're listening to this and you, you feel fear arising or negativity arising, uh, just trust that 
um, you're not understanding what I'm saying properly or I'm not communicating it properly is probably more accurate. Um, or of course that you just haven't had the experience for yourself and, and you're hearing about it and then projecting what it might be like. And, um, and that's obviously two different things, you know? So I wanted to talk a little bit more about, um, why is reality a dream? What's the purpose of it? All that kind of stuff. I'm not going to get too far into it, but I figured we, you kind of have to touch on it, right? Um, so I'm going to continue to use you, re not referring to you as the chitter-chatter mind, but you as the deepest layer of your own consciousness. Um, the, some people call it the ground of being, or even, it's really even beyond that. It's the, the deepest layer. Um, other people, some people call it the Godhead or the Creator. Those uh, terms tend to be turn people off because they're a little bit more religious. But know that what I'm referring to isn't anything separate from your own direct experience. It's not like there's something else outside of you that is this creator God that created all of this and you're living inside his creation. It is actually you. Um, so you are like on one level God. You're just not really aware of it now because you're identified with um, the chitter-chatter mind and, and other things as well. The body and other things that you see in your perception um, but from the creator perspective so from the uh, ground of being or con pure consciousness perspective why why all of this why go through all the trouble um, and there's many different ways to look at this answer um, that can also give it so some of which I think are more helpful than others. <laughs> so there's the absolute viewpoint, the viewpoint from God, and then there's the viewpoint from you, from the the person perspective, which I think is probably more helpful and practical, but I'll touch on both briefly. So the first one is uh, the absolute perspective. So why, why from the absolute, from the God perspective, why go through all this trouble? So in its, in its sort of, um, you could say, resting or unmanifested state, um, God is an empty mind, basically, right? An empty dream. Imagine a dream that's just empty. There's nothing there. Um, however, it's also accompanied with just a profound sense of completeness and wholeness and bliss and um, uh, omniscience, so a knowing of everything, a uh, omnipotence, uh, fully powerful, omni-intelligent, if that's even a word, um, infinite intelligence. So basically try to imagine the you at your happiest and smartest and multiply that by infinity and then you have what it feels like to be the godhead <laughs> and uh you you are that actually that actually is your most core nature um so hey if if, if god can just chill um in this infinite bliss forever uh, why bother having all these like kind of shittier experiences um, and there's a few way, different ways to look at that. One would be more of a metaphorical way from a human perspective that, of course, is not an exact one-to-one, -one, but uh, one, one way of looking at it is that uh, there's frankly a desire for something to happen because in that space, there's just, there's nothing happening. It's like a movie theater. Like, yes, you're in bliss and oneness and everything, but uh, you're still at a movie theater with nothing playing on the screen. Um, so there's a there's this basically the, the desire to create. So just, and it's actually you know even calling it like I'm bored and I want to watch the movie that's not really a good uh, way to describe it. It's more like a desire. And it's a desire to create, 
and that's and that's actually w one of the ways that our desires as human beings the experience of human beings to create is sort of a mirror of this deepest layer of consciousness that creates everything so it's just this this, this impulse the same same way that you feel an impulse to express your creativity and make things and put your you know stuff out into the world in whatever way that may be um, that is that same impulse is the impulse of the deepest layer of consciousness um, and it's also comes from love so there's a desire there's a there's a love behind this creation so it's sort of I could say if I had to summarize it I would say the, the, the force which propagates the universe is the desire to create out of love or yeah um, so all of this is created out of love. It's all infinitely perfect and it's all anything that you experience in your life that seems bad or suffering, no matter how horrible it is, um, is actually from coming from a place of love. But we just can't always understand it because we see things from a much lower viewpoint, you know. So it's kind of like if you're a little kid and you don't want to wear your jacket because it's makes you look dorky and it's uncomfortable and your parents insisting on it and you're like i don't want to wear my jacket i don't want to wear my jacket i don't want to wear my jacket and then you put on your jacket and of course you don't get a cold but uh, you didn't realize that or perhaps a better comparison would be you know the way a um a mentor might be give you a bit of tough love sometimes and and force you to push you towards certain challenges that might uh, be difficult for you and even cause some suffering, but ultimately they it helped you grow in the long run. So um, basically anything that you think is going wrong in your life is not really going wrong because it all comes from this uh, completely perfect design. In the same way that we might be impressed with um, Apple's design of a MacBook, um, imagine the in intelligence that went in designing the entire universe. Um, and then you kind of have a picture of how incredible this vast design is. And there's no mistakes in it. There's nothing that ever went wrong with it. <laughs> it's completely perfect in and of itself. Any misperception of that perfection is just uh, basically not seeing from a high enough viewpoint. So you can't really see the big picture. Um, so, for example, one, one example of that, uh, just to throw something out there, would be like, let's say there was a couple parents that... Um, had a child and it uh, died at a young age, age two. Well, hard to try to find a bigger purpose with that. Um, however, I'm not saying this is the case or not the case, but um, assuming we don't really know what happens at, at death, and uh, actually most traditions point to reincarnation as the way as a life cycle of the universe. Um, perhaps the soul that was this child came in there for the purpose of giving these parents a certain experience that would trigger something in order for them to grow in their own life and grow in their compassion and grow in their, um, just like some of the most painful experiences we have end up being the biggest growth. Um, and then you could say, okay, well, what this poor child that had to die for them to grow? Well, if you see the your um, life is just the mind and the body, then sure, that makes a lot of sense. But if you see it from a higher perspective that you realize we have many lifetimes, or you could say many dream times, <laughs> um, then it, it makes a lot more sense. So it's, it's really just not really being able to see the big picture uh, pretty much explains any bad event that happens. Is that it's not, the, the real, the truth is that no bad event ever happens. Um, I know that's probably a very controversial thing to say, uh, but that's uh, basically been my experience um, as I've been 
opening my own viewpoint and being able to see things just from a little bit of a higher perspective than I was before. Um, I've slowly been been able to see how all of the seemingly bad bad events have turned out to actually be um, great moments of uh, love, actually. Uh, tough love sometimes, <laughs> but uh, love nonetheless. And um, of course, that's harder to understand when we talk about wider events like the Holocaust or something like that, and I'm not going to begin to try to explain something like that, but all I can say is the insight that I've had is that there is actually nothing bad that ever happens. Um, it's all just uh, basically us not being able to see it from the, the highest viewpoint, um, from the bird's eye view, basically. Um, so why did, again, God's desire to create with love, out of love, uh, formed this whole universe, and of course, just the desire to experience. That's, that's what it is, because when you're, again, if you're in that pure God bliss state, you're 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 not experiencing anything there's nothing there's nothing there nothing there to experience so there's also just this desire to experience something so we as humans we create this idea of meaning and we have to have meaning for everything and actually um and and people you know even certain programs talk about how life is meaningless so you can create whatever meaning you want but I kind of even challenge that statement and say, why, why do you need to create any meaning? Like, why does life have to have meaning? And uh, one analogy that's used that I resonate with is like a dance. Like saying, why, like people are dancing and you're like, well, wh what's the meaning of this dance? It's like, there's no meaning behind the dance. It's not trying to get somewhere. It's not a means to an end. You're not like dancing so that you go from one side of the floor to the other. And now, yay, you're on the other side of the dance floor. Like, that's not the purpose. The, pu the purpose is just to experience dancing um, because it's just to have that experience. Um, so if there was a meaning of life, I would say um, the meaning of life, it doesn't really have a meaning. It, it is a meaning in and of itself. That the meaning of life is to experience life. That that was the reason life was created because um, you, being this base layer of consciousness, wanted to experience it. Um, so that kind of puts a little bit of a different spin on things of needing, because otherwise the, the idea of have meaning, like for example, even if you have a very um, beautiful meaning, like the meaning of life is to uh, serve others, right? Uh, but then, or, or save the earth, um, you're always still going to be ingraining in your head this means to an end mentality. In that case, your, your day is, gonna, is going to be good or bad, a good day or a bad day, you're going to feel positive or negative based off of how many people you perceive to have impacted that day or whether or you refuse to be happy until you've done finished some big big project to save the earth. So again, it creates this this perception that pulls you out of <clears throat> the present moment experience and uh, it puts it into the future. That uh, so any, really, this is any type of meaning. So if you have any types of meaning, uh, or, or uh, beliefs around what the meaning of life is, it's almost always inherently going to take you um, to this mentality of doing something for something else, right? I'm doing this now because eventually it's going to create meaning and I'm going to have these kids because then they can pass on my legacy or I'm going to, you know, instead of just doing it for the sake of doing it um, and they're not needing to be something that comes out of it, you know, and, and it's just there to be experienced. And... Uh, 
it does seem that like experience needs to be a broad range. You can't just be, we don't want to just have experiences we perceive as good. We need to have a full spectrum of experiences to put um, all of life in perspective. The, the difficult of ex uh, experience in life, uh, difficult experiences in life provide a grist for the mill in our own growth and our own evolution and our own, it's sort of like the call to grow and evolve and change and explore deeper within ourselves. And then uh, the pleasurable experiences, you could say, are um, just to experience that pleasure and experience that, that happiness. So both the suffering and the um, quote-unquote uh, happy experiences serve a purpose. They all want to be, it's all things that want to be experienced. And uh, similarly, another way to put that, a lot of people say, okay, well, why, you know, if God can create anything, why, why can't he... Um, why can't we just have the good experiences? So that, that's one reason behind it is because the suffering experiences are also good experiences. You could, you could all actually argue that they're better experiences because they provide more long-term wisdom, uh, which provides um, over, over time of your life greater contentment and peace, which is usually what people really want when they're seeking happiness, which people usually perceive more as pleasure. Um, but aside from that... Um, and where was I going with that? Happiness. Oh yeah, aside from that, um, you also can't really have happiness without suffering. Uh, it, it wouldn't really exist. In the same way, imagine um, it was always dark outside. It was always dark outside all the time. There wouldn't be any such thing as darkness because that'd be all you know. Right, you wouldn't be you wouldn't be able to ex so basically in order for something to exist, it has to have both sides of the same spectrum. So, um, let's say if you were only feeling happy all the time, you wouldn't even you, we only know things by knowing their their opposites. Otherwise, they, they they literally don't exist. So, for example, imagine everything in the world was one color, was all white. Then there wouldn't be any such thing as color. You wouldn't be like, oh my God, everything's white. There, there literally wouldn't, there just wouldn't be something called color. There wouldn't even be a category of color. You wouldn't be like, oh my God, everything's white. You'd only, you only know everything's white because you've seen other colors. So similarly, in order for um, happiness to exist, we there has to, the opposite also has to exist. So that way, you know, you also have to have the experience of suffering. It doesn't mean you have to have it forever, <laughs> but you have to. It has to have been a part of your experience because that's the only way we can experience something. Everything is a spectrum, so there's not really something called happiness or suffering. There's just something called happiness, and then there's different degrees of that. <laughs> so a very low level of happiness we call suffering. A very high level of happiness we call um, happiness. But um, if there wasn't a spectrum, then there wouldn't be any such thing in happiness. So basically, in order for the, the thing we call happiness to be created, both sides would have to be created. Um, so that's another kind of understanding of, of, um, of why things were created in that manner. But probably the most clear, um, most true reason for why this creation exists is because it has to. <laughs> that's really the most obvious um, or most true, I guess, thing because it's just a it's just a function of being what it is it can't be anything different because its nature is infinite the nature of reality is infinite in every direction um, so it has to be everything so everything has to exist including your experience right now of being a human inside of a world listening to a podcast like 
it wouldn't be infinite unless that existed because that's something that can happen. So it's kind of like, um, you know, a chess, let's say you're playing chess and you have mathematically wrote out every possible like permutation of chess move that can ever happen. Um, they all have to exist in, in this sort of space of possibility in order for it to be infinite, right? So in order for reality to be infinite, everything has to exist, including feeling this feeling of limitation. So for something to be truly be infinite, it also has to be able, it has to be able to simultaneously experience being infinite while also being able to experience being limited in every possible way and everything in between. So essentially this, your limited experience of reality exists because reality is infinite. And so you're experiencing one, uh, expression, one dream within that, um, full expression. So that's another way of looking at it. Um, so that's kind of talking about it from the, the absolute perspective, but I think it's actually can be a bit more useful to talk about it from the person perspective, um, because that gives a little bit more of context for life and, uh, maybe a little bit more useful on a day-to-day -day basis. So to talk about it from the person perspective, the purpose of life, you can also talk about it in different ways. Um, but the purpose of life, you can, you can say, it's just to be you. It's just to be, you haven't, you've never messed it up. You never can mess it up. <laughs> it's working. Congratulations. You won. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you, uh, were always the nicest person. If you fulfilled your life's mission, if you helped everybody and everybody, you already won by existing. Um, and that's because you have to exist in order for reality to be infinite. Um, so congratulations, you win by existing. Again, not such a helpful perspective, but kind of true in a way. Um, but it, it does seem like reality, so probably on a more helpful note, it does seem like reality does have some sort of, um, within the dream, I should say, there, there seems to be some sort of movement and some sort of progression happening. And what, th what that is, is this hide and seek game that's being played on a macro level, right? Like I said before, you hide yourself and then you find yourself again. That's, that's basically how reality works. Then you play again, you play again, you play again, you play again, play again, play again, blah, 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 blah. Um, so that's kind of what's happening. So the, so that, and that's what wants to be experienced. It's just like, for whatever reason, uh, this is kind of somewhat beyond my understanding even, um, that, that seems to be the progression is sort of this continual game of hide and go seek. And, uh, I guess there's some joy that comes from that, right? Of feeling that, that limitation and then coming back and slowly feeling that, that infinite power and omniscience and love and everything all over again. Um, so that's kind of the progression that that's happening. So knowing that can really help you become more in alignment with your life. If your desire is to be happier which I think most people want that, right? Uh, probably at least most people living this. Again, there's, there's no reason you have to be happy. If you don't want to be happy and you want to suffer, that's cool too. That, that also needs to be a part of um, the experience of reality. Otherwise it can't be infinite. But um, if you are wanting to be more happy, then you probably want to get on this train, this hide and go seek train, uh, because that's sort of where things are progressing. And so what that means in order to um, find basically you have to become more like, uh, you have to slowly identify more and more with the, uh, the, the, 
the Godhead part of you, right? So you are everything. You are this little mind chattering. You are this body. You are everything you see in the dream. But you're also the the layer that's none of that. You're, you're the, um, they call it the, the space of potential. So you're sort of this field that uh, also manifests all of that. So the more that you can get in touch with that inner field that some people call consciousness or God, the more like God you become, the more like this field you become, the more you feel, the more you, you basically are an expression of that inside of the dream. That's kind of what you're, you're moving towards. You want to be, you want to be a character in the dream <laughs> that's most godlike. Um, but in order to be that, you have to shift your identity away from the character and towards the thing that's behind the character. And that's really where the source of all true unconditional love comes from, true happiness, bliss, completeness, wholeness, creativity, um, ability to manifest wisdom, knowledge, basically all the things that you were really looking for in your life when you were trying to do all the other things, that's what that is. So if you want to start to find what you're really looking for, um, instead of doing all the things that you're spending all your time on, you probably want to kind of get on this train of trying to embody more of these qualities and come to some of the realizations of what your true nature is. Um, so essentially what we're talking about here is transcend, like transcending various levels of consciousness. It's, a, it's an evolution of consciousness through various levels. So if there had to be one priority in your life, uh, some pretty safe bets would be um, evolving your consciousness, <laughs> um, evolving your ability to love unconditionally, um, evolving your ability to create out of love, um, evolving your ability to find what's really true in, in any situation or circumstance, especially when talking about the metaphysical bigger questions, right? Not just what's true, is he lying or not? But like what's really true in terms of what you really are, what reality is, um, and, and, and discovering some of those things for yourself. So those would be some some pretty safe bets as to uh, how to some some guiding stars to uh, follow. So I think I'll leave this episode off for now and uh, let you go. So hope that was useful. I know it was a bit abstract, perhaps hard to follow, but um, it, this stuff is inherently kind of abstract. So <laughs> did my best.